Welcome to episode seven of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. Hey, Patricia, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, been a pretty hectic week, but I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's uh, been pretty busy for me too. So uh, anyway, happy Easter to uh, everybody. I uh, hope you're enjoying a really long weekend as well while listening to this uh, fantastic podcast. And uh, also, uh, your happy Passover to all our Jewish listeners as well. So uh, um, just to uh, kick right into it, um, I have to say uh, Passover was something I did learn in religious studies quite you know minimally. But uh, I will be honest, uh, my full idea of it came kind of from the Prince of Egypt and also from uh, the Ten Commandments as well, and uh, also uh, I listened to an episode of Rugrats as well, to uh, well, watch an episode of Rugrats that, uh, seeing Tommy rescue all the babies from Angelica, so um, that's sort of kind of like my idea of Passover, but, you know, if uh, that's not a fully educated idea of uh, of the whole history of Passover, then uh, by all means, if you want to find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Aramata show, and tell me about, uh, maybe some things about Passover I probably don't, probably don't know. And uh, also, if you want to uh, find me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show as well, A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A-S-H-O-W, then, uh, yeah, tell me some stuff about Passover, which I think I might find interesting, or uh, I might uh, learn for the future. So uh, Yeah, absolutely, especially since um, the 13th of April is going to be the 25th anniversary premiere date of the Rugrats Passover special. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so uh, we've got plenty to talk about uh, in this episode, and so uh, it might end up going uh, quite quite big, might end up going quite small, we'll see how we go on with it, but uh, we've got some stuff to talk about with uh, Autism Awareness Week, uh, sorry, Autism Awareness Month, I have to say. You know, I, I always keep minimizing myself, I always think it's a day, it's a week, and you know, it's actually a month, so like, uh, and also we've got something to tell you about Autism Awareness Month as well. Um, Mark Hamill has uh, given some backlash, we're going to tell you about that as well. Uh, Six Fan Arts Challenge, uh, that's going viral, we're going to tell you all about that too. Uh, does the PS5 controller look like an Xbox controller? Um, yeah, that's a debate we're going to have uh, later on this episode. Um, Paul H. Things, uh, Sean Hannity uh, said that no people have died from the coronavirus, and uh, now we're at a completely different death toll. We're going to tell you all about uh, how conservative radio is, uh, and conservative TV has just completely failed us in this uh, time of need. Uh, old school in casual chats, a goofy movie, an extremely goofy movie. Uh, we reviewed that, and we're going to talk about the aftermath as well. And a new Streets of Rage game is coming soon to Steve and also to Xbox and also to PlayStation 2. So you are listening to the Arometa Show. And so, uh, yeah, here we go. So an autistic support group in Somerset has been told by a GP surgery that uh, they will need to fill out, fill out DNR orders, those who actually do not resuscitate orders for uh, the, the autistic people that they, they, they look after. Uh, this has caused some quite a lot of alarm, as you probably imagine, amongst uh, people in the, the autistic community, because now they might be under the impression that uh, if they have coronavirus symptoms and they become very serious, that uh, they might not necessarily be resuscitated if they come to the hospital. Now, um, that is just um, something that seems to have, uh, uh, you know, gone ra- make the rounds around social media and things like that. I will guarantee you at the minute, so as far as I'm aware, um, if you do turn up at the hospital and um, you're still having very serious symptoms and require you know, ventilation or anything like that, uh, they are doctors are required to resuscitate you or you know give you care. So uh, unfortunately, this seems to be very ill advised. Ill advice that seems to have been given by to. Uh, an autistic charity, but unfortunately, things like this because the autism community is quite small. This thing's going to spread like wildfire, and uh, it's going to cause quite a lot, a lot of alarm amongst uh, unnecessary alarm amongst autistic people. Yeah, it is, especially since 
um, from what I understand in the UK, especially since it is very small, that people don't really take into consideration on how severe it can be, which is a real shame, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I just think it's really uh, careless, I think, to, to give to give this advice. And uh, I understand that uh, maybe uh, that they were under the impression that, uh, uh, you know, that they feel like autistic. You know, I, I really hate to think that. that uh, someone out there thinks that an autistic person shouldn't be resuscitated just because they have, you know, serious coronavirus uh, you know, symptoms. Like, you know, uh, like, what? It's, um, I really want to know you know, hopefully that uh, they're going to get to the bottom of this soon and uh, figure out basically what's going on because you know th this type of thing is very dangerous to spread around. You know, it like, is, it, it is for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, in regards to um, the best way of avoiding coronavirus, anyway, even before this situation, is obviously not to uh, uh, to get it in the first place. So, uh, stay at home, um, wash your hands, and uh, also just to make sure that you look after yourself whilst you're in isolation. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, like, uh, but if you do end up with the, the coronavirus and you are autistic, you know, do not be afraid of having to, uh, you know, go seek help. You know, if you need help, you need help. So dial 111 uh, if you're in Britain and, uh, you know, go get, uh, go, go, get go get medical advice. And uh, if you uh, need to uh, go to, if you need to go to the hospital, then, uh, you know, uh, get, get advice to do so and uh, then take it from there. So, uh, but uh, don't, don't let this incident uh, pre pre prevent you from... Uh, you know, if you your if your symptoms are not manageable, then you need help. You know, don't let this whole situation uh, that uh, we've uh, we've brought up in this story, you know, prevent you from um, getting getting help. Because you because if you if you need it, you need it. You know. Yes, you do need it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, yeah, so we got through that pretty quickly. Uh, so anyway, we got some more autism related uh, news. Uh, coming up later on in the show, but uh, before we do that, um, Mark Hamill, and so I think maybe we should give some more um, context to this story, so I'll, I'll tell everybody this, um, the Bernie Sanders campaign is over, so uh, Bernie Sanders um, yesterday decided that uh, he was going to suspend his campaign because uh, he was 300 delegates behind Joe Biden in the presidential race uh, for the Democratic nomination. So um, Bernie Sanders just said, look, it's impossible that we're going to see victory here. And so therefore has decided that this is no longer going to be viable to continue doing the campaign. And you know what? Good on, Joe, on uh, Bernie Sanders as well, because uh, recently one of his staff members tweeted that uh, apparently uh, the Sanders campaign is going to keep people who have been working on his campaign on health insurance uh, throughout from November onwards. So like that's uh, really good, yeah. Especially it, since not a lot of people don't have health health insurance even after they left their jobs. Well, the only thing about this as well is like it's um, it's a bit of a you know I don't want to say it's um, you know um, it's sad to watch really because it's good on him for Bernie Sanders for doing that, but at the same time like uh, he really thought he was going to become the nominee. You know, like uh, he was in it for the long haul, and so he was keeping people on health insurance plans long before you know even he was expecting to basically get into the presidency, and then he was going to take it from there. I right, well, we would imagine. So like, yeah. you know, it's kind of unusual that you would keep longevity going like that. But uh, and I guess that's what's kind of like tied up in the uh, in the agreements. But, um, you know, unfortunately now uh, Joe Biden's the candidate. Joe Biden's the guy. Yep. And so, I mean, yeah, like, and, and it's and it's really sad that pretty much nobody else came close. Andrew Yang, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Bernie Sanders, everybody just fell down like flies. Exactly. And like, you know, I just uh, I, I think all eyes now are on uh, who Joe Biden now picks as his, as his VP ticket, because like, I mean, everyone's seeing Elizabeth Warren. Is gonna be the is gonna be the girl. I mean, a lot of people are saying you know it could be it could be Kamala Harris, and uh, some people are even pointing at Amy Klobuchar. 
I mean, like, I really hope it's going to be someone that uh, the progressive movement can latch onto because if uh, at least if uh, they're not going to find anybody in Joe Biden, at least they can try and find someone in the in, in the vice presidential candidate, at least. Who, who would you like to see as vice president? Um, that's a great question. I mean, like, uh, some people even suggested Michelle Obama, but, you know, like, uh, I think, you know, like, she doesn't want to do it, and I just think anything from the Obama era, I think, basically has to go away. I mean, like, the, I mean, it's never going to happen, but I think if, uh, if Joe Biden wanted to go to war with somebody, to war with somebody, I mean, like, I just say, you know, just just go for broke and just put, put uh, Bernie Sanders in as the VP. Like, you know, like, uh, and then you say, oh, hey, well, hey, here, here we go, you know, um, if, uh, whatever happens, you know, I'll have Bernie Sanders right beside me, you know, telling me, you know, what I need to do, kind of like what uh, I did with Obama back in the day, you know, I'm sure that would uh, be, I'm sure, you know, I think that would be, it's not gonna happen, I don't think, I don't think his, I don't think Joe Biden's donors, I don't think even Joe Biden himself is gonna want to do it, but uh, if, if he surprised everybody and said, oh, hey, my vice presidential pick is going to be Bernie Sanders, you know, like, uh, that would, uh, I think that would solve all problems right there, I think. Yeah, but I, I yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think it's going to happen, yeah. but um, if, if we were to choose, like, maybe somebody plausible, then possibly Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, yeah, and like, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, though, I mean, I I at this point, I don't think it would even matter. If, if it's not going to be Bernie Sanders, I don't think it would even matter who Joe Biden picks, because I guarantee you the, uh, the, 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 left, the left wing of the Democratic Party are not going to back Joe Biden. I, I, you know, like, uh, Cal Kalinske on Secular Talk uh, even said himself, oh, well, uh, Joe Biden's going to have to earn my vote. It's like, you founded Justice Democrats. Like, you know, that was like the Democrat, you know, trying to get, you know, get, 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 you know, blue politicians into, into Congress and into the House and into other right. places as well. Like, all of a sudden you're saying, oh, Joe Biden has to earn my vote? It's kind of like uh, it kind of defeats the purpose of trying to you know, help the Democratic Party try and you know defeat the Repo defeat the Republicans and defeat Donald Trump, eventually. And I just think that the way it's all panning out right now, um, I think Trump's going to be the winner. I think uh, I think Trump's already won because like look at look mm. at the Democrats are splintered in two, split in two. In two camps, and I don't think either Joe Biden or even Bernie Sanders, for that matter, was even going to uh, um, galvanize the entire Democratic Party and uh, get everyone behind him. I think that was going to be, I think that was going to be impossible to do, given the fact that uh, you know egos are so strong on, e on either side. And so you're left with Donald Trump. And let's face it, the the Republican Party now is the party of Donald Trump. So for me, I think uh, he's going to walk in in November. He's going to sweep the election, I think. And uh, then we've got another four four seasons or four years of this uh, crazy reality show. He's starring this uh, bankrupt, uh, you know, businessman with uh, who paints his face orange and pretending he's running the country, you know. And that's what we're stuck with for the next couple of years. And so, um, I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be like to be proved wrong that uh, you know someone there in the in the in in the DNC can do something to, you know, galvanize the country and uh, try and get rid of the stain of, uh, uh, of, the, of the Obama days that uh, people, sw made people switch over from Obama to switch over to Donald Trump. But unfortunately, they picked Joe Biden as the candidate who was like the VP of like, you know, from, from, from 2008 onwards. Like, you know, like, uh, it's, uh, I would be very, very intrigued to see how, um, these battleground states are all gonna all gonna pan out. I mean, people are gonna say like, oh yeah, the the coronavirus is gonna 
um, is going to change things? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. I think people are so welded into the, the Trump cult that uh, they, they, at the end of the day, I think they're just going to be going to vote Donald Trump no matter what. Unfortunately, I mean, like, I, I guarantee you, like, probably millions of people could die from coronavirus, and I guarantee you probably some people in the, uh, in these states who voted Donald Trump once before in 2016 will vote again in 2020. You know, that is if they survive. You know, but, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, I'm sorry if I sound really, you know, um, macabre about this, but at the end of the day, like, uh, I just think some people are so fixated and so frustrated with, uh, the Obama days that they went over to Donald Trump, and now that they see Joe Biden there, they're gonna do it again. And I think the the Republican Party is a unified front, and the Democrats are splintered. And that's just the reality of the political situation we have in the United States. Right. Now, it, and now it could be possible that maybe a third party candidate could win if they don't like either of them. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I don't. Yeah, but well, I don't think there's going to be a Ross Perot situation. I don't think. And uh, I'd be very, very surprised if Bernie Sanders decides I'm going to run third party. To be honest with you, and uh, I'd be very surprised if uh, you know. I also that as well. I mean, if they, if like one of the never Trumper Republicans ran third party, well, you mean like, well, how many? He's not gonna. He's gonna get a couple of thousand votes, a hundred thousand votes at best. He's not gonna. He's not gonna galvanize anybody to vote for him. He's, a, you know, he's like it's. Uh, you know, these never Trumpers, they're, they're still conservatives. You know, like uh, that's. A, they're, ne- they're not gonna win California. and not gonna win. You know, the blue states. And uh, we'll probably get a couple of sympathy votes around the red states, and then uh, you know Donald Trump will mop up. You know, like it's. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe we might have a Jill. I mean, it'd be funny if we had a Jill Stein situation where you know uh, Trump loses Michigan by a couple of thousand votes, and it turns out that the Never Trumper candidate decided to sweep them all up and uh, gave Joe Biden the gave Joe Biden the pass. I guess it would make it a more interesting election if if it all panned out that way. But I'm skeptical it will. You know, and I know some people are going to say like, oh, well, the polls, you know, the polls are all saying that Joe Biden's, uh, you know, leading the polls and, uh, you know, Trump's approval ratings are at 49 percent. And he didn't get the Bush uh, push that uh, he got in, 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 uh, you know, to 88 percent or whatever the hell it was back in that day. You know, like uh, at the end of the day, it, you know, the polls are polls. I don't think they all matter all that much. I think it's just uh, whoever they feel like on that day. When we get to November and people actually start putting ballot papers together and start putting them into boxes and things like that, that's when we're going to really find out what people think. I think that uh, is if we that is if we're even going to do it because we don't even know how long that the virus is going to be around. We'll probably have to vote from home for if anything. Here's my thing about the virus, okay? And I know some people might maybe probably disagree with me on this, but I think you know, given the fact that our healthcare systems and um, the fact that and yeah, I know things are struggling right now. I know doctors and nurses are, are also dying of this virus as well. But I mean, I like to think that our healthcare systems are somewhat, uh, you know, going to be resilient to that point. It's going to be a massive struggle. Don't get me wrong about this. I do think it's going to be this is this lockdown is going to be going on for months and not weeks, as some people seem to be you know uh, flying up to their you know fl- fluttering their hearts over. As far as I'm concerned, it's going to it's going to be something that's going to be going on for a hell of a long time, and uh, there's going to be so many litigating factors that are going to be pushing this on for uh, for months on end. And I think we're going to lose our summer because of it. I think, and then but eventually. You know, we will get on top of this because there are some very valiant people who are trying to fight this virus as we speak. Uh, right now, uh, date, dated right now, uh, April April tenth, 
at the moment. But, uh, I mean, the big problem that we're going to face is that, you know, this coronavirus situation is something I believe that we will eventually get to the get to the get to the top of and eventually we will get cases going down, pending, you know, to knock on wood. But, uh, I mean, the big problem, I think, with the rest of the world, which I'm concerned about, is that places like India, places like Bangladesh, places like, uh, you know, some of our African nations, some of our South Asian nations, and, uh, you know, some some areas where, you know, places like Belarus as well, who um, I think, you know, are not taking this seriously enough. You know, saying that, oh, vodka's going to, like, cure the coronavirus. Like, yeah, come on, like, that's... Wait, that's, what? Exactly, yeah, that, that's what the, that's what the, uh, the, the, the Grand Pumbaa of Belarus, you know, that guy who carries around his child and says that, oh, he's going to be the next dynasty of, of his, you know, his... Uh, his uh, bloody nation, you know, the one that he's still trying to mold into, like, the next Soviet Union. Like, uh, oh it's, my God. Uh, exactly, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, um, it's shit like this, which, you know, other countries are going to struggle with because there's just meatheads who are in charge or there's massive amounts of poverty or there's massive amounts of problems that, uh, f- you know, or war or famine or something like that, that these countries can't deal with. And they're going to have a torrid time dealing with that coronavirus. Yemen's in, in absolute chaos right now, and they've just confirmed they've got some cases. And I guarantee you, that's going to go crazy, you know, in, in the circumstances that they have now. Hundreds of thousands of people have already died. The coronavirus is going gonna, is gonna to mop up and uh, kill far more people too. You know, so like uh, all these other nations, these are the ones I'm concerned about right now. I believe that uh, one one day we are going to get to the get get on top of this virus, and uh, we are going to start uh, getting the, you know getting these number of cases down. And that's what we need to do. We need to get the cases down to get this sorted out. But uh, I believe that this country and various other countries with advanced healthcare systems and uh, that can take the hit, I believe those people are going to get on top of that. Every other country that's a developing nation or has uh, other problems with that, they are they they are literally going to be... Uh, we're literally going to be talking about them for years, not months, the way things yeah. are going right now. And that, that, that's where my main concern is right now in regards to that. You know, I have faith in our National Health Service. I have faith in... Uh, the um that we're gonna basically get get to this hopefully you know the the politicians are gonna you know wise up to all of this and uh whether trump's gonna wise up to it i have no idea i mean uh, obviously i understand everyone else's skepticism but right now um my concern is more with the countries that can't contain this outbreak not the ones that can you know and i believe right. you know the Amer- united states of america and uh, the united kingdom and various other countries that are currently doing this right now i believe they can they can get to the bottom of this and eventually they will get rid of this virus but other countries that are, are going to be struggling with this for a very long time i think mm-hmm. that who, who aren't going to c- cope with this i think they're going to struggle so but anyway another about that um we've gone completely off the topic and so Right now, uh, there's a few people right now who, after Joe Biden now has basically become the candidate, you know, it's pretty much said and done at this point. He's got the delegates, he's going to go to the national convention, they're going to all get behind him, and then we're basically, you know, we're going into 2020 with, uh, unfortunately, Donald grabbing by the pussy Trump and uh, Joe creepy grandpa Biden. And so, like, you know, like, I would really be interested to see where the female vote goes in this election, quite frankly. If it all goes to the party, goes to the Greens or Libertarian, I wouldn't blame them but uh it's uh in regards to getting everyone behind joe biden there's people out there who's trying to do that right now to try and defeat donald trump and get him out get this you know this reality show host out of the white house and get some normality back to to, uh to politics hopefully not too much normality because that's basically the what gave us donald trump to begin with so um what's happening is mark hamill um liked a couple of tweets 
uh, about people saying, look, Bernie Sanders is now done, and now we need to move on and get behind Joe Biden. And so, apparently, the the left part of, left part of Twitter decided to chastise and pretty much uh, burn Mark Hamill on, on the stake. Pretty much. I'm not going to say crucify because obviously, you know, this there's a, there's a you know, obviously the Easter holiday. But, uh, you know, what's happened with uh, Mark Hamill, I think, in a way, is a bit unfair because at the end of the day, all he's trying to do is get everybody behind the candidate. And I understand that there's some people out there who are outraged that Joe Biden is the one who's currently, you know, going to be the one leading the Democrats into the presidential election. But at the end of the day, they had a primary. They've, uh, Bernie Sanders just failed to gain enough delegates for getting this sorted out. I get he was screwed over in uh, the last time, you know, that he went he went for this, but at the end of the day, the process is over and uh, you know, now they you have to unite behind a candidate or to in order to defeat Donald Trump. And if the main I, I just don't understand what the main objective here is for many people on the left. Is the main objective to defeat Donald Trump to at least try and get some of what your agenda is into, you know, into politics over the next four years? Or is it basically to say, well, we want this, that, and the other, and we're not going to do that, and uh, if it means that Donald Trump's going to be in for the next four years, then screw it. You know, like, uh, I I just, uh, I mean, like, uh, but here's the thing about this as well. Like, this plays out really badly to those who are not all inclined with politics at all. Like, you know, what's the worst thing you potentially do when you're trying to run an election campaign? Oh, I got an idea. Let's go after a really popular celebrity who did a really good version of the Joker and it was also Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. Yeah. What a dumb thing to do. In, in, in the eyes of that. Like, you know, like, I just wish that we would just kind of focus on, like, you know, if, if the left really care about, you know, Medicare for, Medicare for all, you know, it's, uh, and I say that in quotes because, like, you know, it's, it's nothing, it, what they're suggesting goes nowhere near what I think the American needs, which is a national health service. You know, like like we have here in this, we need hospitals and, you know, ambulances and, you know, uh, community care workers and things like that. That's the type of service that I think America needs right now to uh, resolve its healthcare situation. And it's got the money to do it. You know, at the end of the day, if it stops giving tax breaks to billionaires, we could probably try, you know, actually give people some decent healthcare in this, uh, you know, in, in America. And uh, same with my country as well. If you stop giving away money and throwing it all away and stuff like that, actually pour resources actually into the National Health Service, it would be running it all a lot better than it is now. Not saying that, you know, it's not happening right now with, uh, you know, hospitals springing up in uh, convention centers, you know, across the place. But, you know, obviously that's too little too late in a way. But, you know, in regards to, um, you know, uh, a ca- you know, getting a, a celebrity is obviously wanting to get Joe Biden into the White House to get rid of Donald Trump, and obviously they're going to feel like they're going to want to do that now. But here's the thing about this. If you're going to start attacking these people, I guarantee you, to the neutrals and to everyone who's outside of your left-wing sphere and outside of your little club, I guarantee you it's going to play really badly. And it only just plays to Trump, or it plays to uh, the fact that people are going to say, you know what, the Democrats aren't getting their shit together, I'm not going to go out and vote. You know, and if it means another... Yeah, and and that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, you know, they're going to be scared. It's like, oh, I can't say what my opinion is because they're going to be thrashed all over. It's like, maybe I won't vote. Maybe I'll just stay home. I mean, like, what? I mean, if you're on top of that as well, like, it, I just feel like it's a really bad move to attack to just to, to, to attack people like that because, at the end of the day, like, uh, I really hope that you know, I bet you, Dwayne Johnson, and uh, you know, well, Dwayne Johnson's not. I'd be very surprised if he does, you know, uh, open his mouth about what happens in the Democrats. At the end of the day, he, if the last time I checked, he was a Republican. But uh, I mean, like, if he, you know, starts to uh, 
pipe up about, uh, about about politics and all of a sudden like and by the way they've done this before as well the one thing I didn't like Kyle Kalinske doing is like when The Rock decided he was going to talk about running for president in a, in a celebrity website I think I think he was and then Kyle Kalinske you know decided to do a whole thing of like oh well you know what's your policies things like that yada 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 but he wasn't even taking as far as I'm aware um, it was just uh, something that was asked of him, and he was going to basically say, oh, yeah, you know, like, uh, I would think of, like, you know, doing it. And now he's probably going to look at probably doing it till 2024, but 2024 is miles away. So even when it he's going to be, when, yeah, exactly. And, like, so uh, the left decided to have a, a, a go at Dwayne Johnson. That played out really badly, in my opinion. And this is what this mm-hmm. is what I hate about uh, the progress, you know, like, uh, and his thing about this as well, you know, I make fun of conservatives. I make fun of the far right. I make fun of libertarians. I make fun of all these people and everything like that. But the left, the left always give me, st- I just wish they would stop giving me stuff to kind of, like, say, hey, you know, stop it. <laughs> You know, just like uh, stop attacking celebrities, stop attacking popular people, stop attacking people that people look up to, and you know, just keep going on with uh, what you want to do, like giving healthcare to people, taking care of our most vulnerable, things like that. Just keep going on with that. L- leave all this nonsense out of this. You know, is that mm. too much to ask for? I guess it is for some people. <sighs> I just. Uh... So, yeah, so, um, again, at the end of the day, all I can do with Mark Allen is say, look, you know, we might disagree with uh, where you're coming from with this. I mean, we have our reservations about Joe Biden. Uh, I have my reservations about him, too. I mean, like, uh, FM show, there's a lot of people doing on all sorts of levels on things like that. The only thing we can really do is kind of, like, influence him that uh, he's uh, now going to look at uh, what Bernie Sanders has done and that uh, he's going to take all these uh, things on board. And, yeah, as we said before, maybe even take Bernie as the VP. He probably won't do, but, uh, you know, like, uh, that would obviously, you know, start making an effort to try, you know, unite the Democrats behind everybody and, uh, you know, go off to uh, to go fight Trump. But at the end of the day, like, um, it's, uh, I just think what, I mean, I just think it's in disarray at the moment. And uh, I just, uh, that makes me believe that, you know, Trump's going to walk in, he's going to, um, you know, maybe he'll probably, you know, get the coronavirus probably over and done with, and then he'll probably have maybe maybe a month or two, or maybe a couple of weeks, maybe to go out and do some quick rallies, you know, uh, go fight battleground states, and then after that, we go to election, and then he wins. And uh, it's just going to be the fact that it's all going to be based on the fact that, uh, you know, both the center and the left of the Democrats just can't get their shit together and can't focus on, you know, the, the prime objective of what needs to be done in this election. The end, and I know there's going to be people out there saying, oh, what about, so, you know, healthcare and everything that we feel about the Green New Deal, things like that. At the end of the day, the idea of an election is to go in there and, if, you know, and obviously, you know, um, convince everybody that you're the better candidate than the other guy. And I guarantee you, I think, you know, the Democrats could put up a, 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 a dead frog from a school, and I guarantee you, he probably be more popular. He probably have more better ideas than Trump, you know. Like, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, the Democrats aren't going to do that. They're going to um, they're going to fight with one another, going up all the way to November. Trump will take advantage of it. He'll walk in. And by the way, um, Joe Biden will win the debates. You know, all, all those debates that they'll do, Donald. Trump, I guarantee you, Joe Biden will talk him to the death. But it's you know, Hillary Clinton won the debate. She didn't win the presidency. So that's going to mean nothing. So, 
Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, this is an election I'm not feeling very enthusiastic about whatsoever. And it's not because of the coronavirus. It's purely because of the fact that they, I think, in my opinion, they probably have picked the wrong candidate. He's not going to be able to unite the, uh, the Democratic, the Democratic Party around him. Um, the left are basically just going let to him, let him fail. And, uh, that's just going to be it, really. And, uh, you know, and again, I'm not overly convinced that um, the, uh, you know, when, when let's say, oh, hey, well, well, if Joe Biden gives us something to uh, to root for, then maybe we'll give him a chance. I don't think they'll give him a chance. I think they'll stay home. Or they'll probably vote green. Or they'll probably, you know, do something else. Maybe some, maybe a small percentage of them, out of spite, might even vote for Trump. You know? Why, I mean, like, I know that they would kind of do that as a joke, but... I mean, don't don't even do that as a joke. Exactly. Well, I mean, like, uh, I mean, they'll probably just look at it and say, well, you know, Joe, you know, in in their twisted logic, you know, Donald Trump's probably no better than Joe Biden. So why not? Why, you know, and uh, I don't like the way the Democratic Party is. I'm going to protest vote and I'm going to vote for Trump, you know, and uh, and it has happened. You know, uh, if you remember, I think it was like nine percent of Democrats in 2016 voted for Donald Trump. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, uh, you know, to all those people out there who said, oh, well, uh, all those greens. And all those people who voted for Jill Stein and yada yada yada, it's like, yeah, well, where where were your supporters? They're all off going, they're all off turning states red, rather than turning them blue, for shame. But uh, yeah. Oh, all right. Well. Anyway, sorry, I babe. That, I, I feel like I feel like I've gone on this massive rant and not had a chance to to uh, kind of chime in too much. So, uh, do you want to do you want to finish off the segment and then we can move on to something else? Sure, sure. So, bottom line. Um, with the um, elections, you know, it, you know, coming up in November, and the presidential candidates already been chosen, and all that stuff, it's just a matter of time in which, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, I'm hoping that we don't get a second round of Trump because I think that everybody's been, been tired of it. But you know, at this point in time, it's like it's it's really hard. It's I guess it's. You know, I, I know that they did this for, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, but it's definitely like that South Park reference about like, what was it like the, the turd sandwich and the, the douche and the turd sandwich. Yeah, the douche and the turd sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> douche and the turd sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm serious. They, they, I ever, you know, the 2016 election, they brought up that reference a lot. And now it's uh, here we go. Round two. Let's well, see what I, happens. I, I, next. I, I, brought, I brought in the Conservative Party leadership contest I, between Boris Johnson and um, what, 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 what's his face? Whoever was uh, whoever made it. So I think it was I think it was uh, Jeremy Hunt. I think it was. I brought I said, oh, it's a dupe between a douche and a turd sandwich because it's the Conservative Party. So like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's like, that it's that like, reference goes a long way. I guarantee you. So. Yeah, so thanks, South Park, I guess. <laughs> oh, thank you, South Park. It's, it's a great reference. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, you ready to move on? Yes, I've been ready to move on for the past 10 minutes, but okay. yeah, sure, let's do it. Right, so um, for those of you who do not know, um, the lockdown actually has given us uh, some positivity in some places, and so and this is one of them. So um, there is a hashtag on Twitter right now, and also I believe it's on Instagram too, called 6Art... Uh, Six uh, art fan art, I think it's called. Uh, sorry, I've already lost it already. Yeah, six, six, six fan, fan art. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So the six fan art challenge. If you uh, go hashtag six fan art, and uh, there's a lot of fan artists out there who will basically have six panels, and uh, they are taking uh, offers right now for to draw your favorite character. So um, if you guys want to get up there onto Twitter and go onto Instagram, and also if you want to tweet them at us as well, because uh, we pointed you over in that direction, then that'd be really cool for you to do too. 
Um, so, um, by the way, I've had a couple of um, fan artists um, take some of my uh, suggestions. And to be honest with you, like, uh, I've actually been kind of uh, maybe not giving them too much. Well, I wouldn't say, I mean, I think it's unfair to say I'm not been giving them too much of a challenge because at the end of the day, drawing is a challenge in itself and everything like that. But I like to think that I've been uh, checking out all their art and checking out what they like and things like that. And uh, me and Patricia should be doing this as well. And uh, we've basically been giving them suggestions that we think would be really fun for them to do. So, you know, like... Yeah, uh, so, well, like, like for example, like, a person likes fantasy, so we gave them a fantasy character. Or a person likes Marvel, so we gave them a superhero, or some, stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they'd be really cool, uh, some of them as well. And uh, so, like, uh, for everyone who's, like, drawn our favorite characters and uh, some of the characters that we suggested for you, really thank, really big thank you for doing that. And uh, also, if you check out uh, my Twitter feed, and uh, also, uh, I think Patricia also might uh, post up a couple as well from someone that she's been uh, suggesting. Uh, yeah, check out check us out on Twitter. And also check out the hashtag yeah. as well, because there's some really talented fan artists out there. They've done like uh, versions of, uh, of, of Zelda and versions of other characters, which have basically just blown my mind, and I never thought that, you know, you, they, they could do it in a particular way. Some anime characters have been done in certain cartoonish styles. Uh, Sailor Moon and Sailor Mercury and Sailor, uh, some of the Sailor Moon characters as well. Uh, they've been doing, they've been drawn really well uh, by some people, and uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun to kind of like uh, you know uh, sit sit over at night and uh, just uh, have a look at everyone's uh, fan art that uh, they've all been drawing, and uh, so it's been really cool. Also, uh, I want to give a shout out to the guy who did the really cool Batman Beyond um uh, uh, uh thing as well so uh, I want to uh, give a shout out to him and also if you find him on Twitter I've, I've retweeted him too and uh, yeah so that's uh, that's really cool stuff so uh, it's been really fun yeah yeah really it has been fun. yeah I mean like we've um you know we've seen like a lot of video game anime um um movie characters drawn in very unique ways some of them are very colorful some of them are very realistic some of them are video game style so yeah it's always nice to see you know artists draw in their own unique style and it's it's been a blast seeing everybody's uh, unique ways of drawing these famous characters yeah it's, it's really fun to uh, to, to, to uh, watch this. and by the way we're, we're not stopping you know we're gonna keep looking at it too so like uh, everybody out there go support these guys and give them suggestions to do and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Morgan Terry when she finally does Ivan the space biker so uh no. oh my god that is like that is like one of the most obscure things you could have said and i'm sure morgan's looking at it as like why why aren't i drawing any more kim possibles uh well she, i'm sure she's got plenty of that to do so well uh, like it but uh, uh, you know, like uh, there, there, there I, could be there could be there, there could never be too many kim possibles. i tell you what if, 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 she, if she gives ivan the space back her like really goofy eyes i'll be really i'll, I'll just I'll, I'll be me laughing the entire day I guarantee that will make that yeah. that absolutely make my day until she draws something else that so, yeah, makes me laugh. So uh, yeah, shout out to Morgan yeah, Terry. Um, by the should way, should I actually? Sh oh yeah, shout out to Morgan Terry. Uh, actually, should I um, give shout outs to some of the people that we've um, asked so far for drawings? Yeah, sure, go ahead. All right, so we're gonna give a shout out over to um, at Mami Opais on Twitter, who is from Spain, and we asked her to draw this. Um, character from Warcraft, Orgrim D. Orgrim uh, uh, um, Doomhammer. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Orgrim Doomhammer, yeah. So, yeah, shout-outs to uh, that person. And then also shout-outs to um, uh, Kuz Saab on Twitter, who gave us a really nice drawing of the Hulk. Uh, uh, shout-out to OK Chloe Green, who gave us a nice drawing of Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I yes, like it was very awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, do, you, you do Ralph better than I do. Uh, I, I, nah, not really, but thank you. And uh, let's see if there's anybody else. Oh, yes. Um, shout outs to Mark. Oh, I think we just lost uh, Patricia just then. Um, I'll tell you what, while we get it back, uh, yeah. So shout out to everybody on the Six Fan Art Challenge. Uh, once, uh, uh, yeah. So just uh, put out your um, your um, yeah. If you so if you uh, so if you um, uh, get me on Twitter at Aaron the Show, then uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely pick that up. So uh, cool. Okay, um, tell you what, I'm uh, just going to try and get uh, Patricia back on there as well. But uh, while I'm doing that, we do actually have a, a good um, announcement for Autism Awareness Month. And that's going to be coming up at the end of uh, April 26th. So uh, you might want to check out the end of the episode before we get into that. But uh, further things we're going to be talking about later on in the show. Um, the new PS5 controller uh, that uh, looks like the Xbox controller, apparently. And also, uh, Sean Hannity's really poorly aged uh, image of him saying that no one has died from the coronavirus. And uh, why right-wing talk radio hosts really need to be, you know, careful with everything that they're saying right now because it's obviously not helping out. And also, uh, we're going to talk about a goofy movie and extremely goofy movie aftermath and also Straits of Rage 2. So uh, you're listening to the Arrow Meta Show at the halfway point. Okay, so we got Patricia back on the show. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is going to be a regular thing, I think, until we've uh, got our, you know, uh, lines sorted out at the moment. So, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. So, um, let's move on to the next thing. So, uh, have you seen the new PS5 controller? Yes. Yeah. And so, once it was brought out, uh, immediately Xbox started trending. And I was wondering why that was the case. I thought, oh, is Xbox related? Is it responded to this in some hilarious way? And people have actually been saying that this new controller that they're going to be bringing out for the new PlayStation 5 apparently looks like the Xbox controller. Which, Which one? Um, the I guess it's the Xbox One controller, I guess they're referring to. And that's the only one okay. controller I could think of. Here's the thing about this. Um, how can you... I'm looking at this. So the D-pad obviously looks more um, defined on the uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation controller, a lot more flatter than the uh, the other one was. And also, it seems that uh, the uh, the thumbsticks now seem to be, um, obviously, uh, not as bulky as they were before. And obviously, they've now got, uh, like, they've got, like, these rings, like, on them. So, like, uh, when your thumb's going around, it's not actually not slipping off the uh, the top of the... Um, uh, the, the top of the, the top of the joystick when you when you're moving them around, which uh, obviously did some like uh, some really good um, refining things onto the onto the controller, which obviously you want for a, a brand new next generation console. But you know, to say it looks like the Xbox controller, I think is a bit I think is a bit cruel. I think you know. Um, I think that I think that um, if you recall, the PS3 controller kind of had somewhat of a similar design, and everybody made fun of it, calling it a boomerang. And so they reverted back into the uh, classic traditional PlayStation controller. And I think that's what the thing is, is that with only the exception of a few tweaks and modifications, the PlayStation controller has looked pretty much the same for over 25 years. And the fact that we might be getting slightly something different is throwing a lot of people off. Yeah, I think... Because, I mean, like, we're, we're accustomed to the Xbox controller changing. We're accustomed to Sony's... Um, I mean, uh, not Sony, uh, Nintendo's controllers changing. Oh, yeah. But the, Sony... The, the Wiimote. <laughs> so. uh, bless, bless the Wiimote. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, but, anyway... 
And so the, the fact that Sony is, you know, thinking about changing their controllers to look something modern and sleek and all that stuff, it's gotten people way thrown out of line. I'm going to say something really controversial here, like I always do on this show, which is kind of like, a, sure. you know, Aaron, you've been doing that since 2014. Well, I mean, so you've been doing that since 2008. What's changed? But uh, I mean, I, I'm going to safely say this. I never liked the PlayStation controller. I, I never did. Like uh, I just felt like uh, the, the 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 triggers I felt were like at an angle, and I didn't really like the way that uh, they received. And also, I just don't like the shoulder buttons as well. They felt like they were kind of like a little out of my a lot out of place. And uh, just like uh, also on top of that as well, like the uh, the the way the pointy like uh, arms that were like on the controller, like they would always push into like my palms. Uh, when I'm mm-hmm. using it, and so obviously doing like a, the, I only ever played like boy, only like one, two, three games on uh, on PlayStation, and so when I was getting really intense with it, I could really feel like you know the the, the points of the controller really going into my palms, and like uh, you know I never felt had that sensation with any other controller. So that really what turned me off the PlayStation controller, to be honest with you. And so the, uh, the PS4 controller is actually really comfortable. I do like the PlayStation 4 controller. Okay, well I never used to, I never I never had the, I say I was done with PlayStation after PS3 when. Uh, Obviously, the Sony hack fiasco happened, and so like okay, uh, yeah, that's that's fair. But yeah, the 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 PlayStation Four controller is definitely a lot more comfortable. Um, it's uh, definitely a lot. It, it definitely does feel like your classic uh, PS controller, like if you're accustomed to it. But it has some nice modifications where it's nicely shaped into your hand. It it feels really nice. Um, you know, it, it's yeah. I think I even saw a video on game trailers like many years ago about like what they felt was like the top ten best game controllers of all time and all that kind of stuff and you know some people said that oh you know there's uh you know this controller is very nice because it's comfortable and and, and and the buttons you can be able to reach them and all that kind of stuff so i mean if people feel that way about the classic playstation controller that it's a little bit finicky especially like the, the very first one without the um you know the um, the triggers and or even without um you know like the analog sticks if you can believe it for you know OG PlayStation players, you know, we had no triggers and no shoulder buttons. So yeah, anyway, but if you are one of those people who didn't feel comfortable playing it, then that's perfectly fine. Personally for me, I've never really cared too much for the original Xbox controller or even the uh, Nintendo 64 controller. I never really liked those. The Duke. Oh my god, the Duke. I cannot tell you how many times during video game tournaments back in college that I've seen people pull out their Dukes when playing Halo 2 and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I actually like the Duke. You know, like, uh, it, I know it's not going to show The only complaint I had with it was that I wish that the uh, the white and black buttons were actually like uh, the other like shoulder buttons. Like, uh, you know, eventually they, they resolved that with the Xbox 360 and actually put the, like, you know, the trigger buttons on there. I really wish they were like, well, not trigger buttons, they were like, they were like bumpers. More like, and then they had the triggers underneath. And, uh, you know, I, I really liked, but I liked the Duke design. And uh, if I had it where, you know, I had the, the, uh, the, 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 the white and the black buttons were like on the top rather than actually like on the sides, you know, I think I probably would have liked it more. But, uh, you know, I didn't mind the Duke. You know, to be honest with you, it felt like you know, like a uh, like a really you know big controller. I felt like uh, you know I was like in control of the game. It was it was um, I actually liked it. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I used um, you know the smaller controller when it first when it next came out. So obviously, you know that's uh, that came in, and then the 360 controller pretty much resolved all those issues after that. And to be honest with you, I've always favored in PC and Xbox gaming the Xbox controller for uh, basically doing all of that. And so it's. Uh, you know, I'm playing Doom Eternal right now with a 360 controller. Like, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with that. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try uh, playing um, Doom Eternal with the Xbox One controller. Sorry, Xbox One controller and see how far 
um, I get with that and to see how comfortable that is to play. But uh, right now, like, um, I've always considered the Xbox controller, I mean, like, the other, the other controller that I think I probably liked uh, back in the day was probably the GameCube controller. The GameCube controller was, was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, the GameCube controller is definitely a great uh, controller as well. It's uh, you know very comfortable, and all the buttons are there. I mean, I do have issues with the D-pad and the C-stick, which can be a little bit stiff and finicky at times. But um, you know, it's it's a it's still a pretty decent controller. Well, for me, like the, the D-pad was more just for the menus. Like it was just it wasn't really meant to be like uh, part of the gameplay, unless you were playing Rogue Squadron, and then it was like part of like. Uh, but then even then, it was only like uh, you know if you have to talk to your command mates, it's only like you know once in a once in a blue moon, you know. Like uh, yeah, so, I, I used it a lot for Metroid Prime whenever I had to switch beams. Oh, okay then. Well, I I didn't get into Metroid Prime, so I guess I I can't get away with that. But, uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, to me, like, uh, I mean, obviously all the action that all the gaming that I did on GameCube obviously was in the joystick. And uh, I think the joystick was re was really good, was really good to use. And uh, the C-stick also was, was, was pretty fun, too. So, like, uh, it was, uh, so for me, like, the GameCube controller was, uh, was, was very good. I, I like that. Um, I mean, for retro gaming, um, I guess my, I will always prefer the Super Nintendo controller for all my retro gaming uh, that, that mm -hmm. I did. And uh, so, I mean, the Super Nintendo controller I felt like was uh, was like the best controller I could use. The only thing, well, the only uh, downside of it was that, and I say all controllers had this downside. But when you were like really intense and your hands were sweating, like you know, you start you start slipping around on that. But mind you, I had the same problem with the Sega Genesis controller. When or Sega Mega Drive controller, if you will, like uh, here in Britain. So um, you know, with retro controllers, you know, you're always gonna have that problem. But um, you know, if out of all the retro con uh, consoles that and all the controllers that I've used, the Super Nintendo one feels the most natural to me. So uh... yeah. Now, now going back into the PlayStation Five controller. Now it has, and now I think this was officially confirmed by Sony that this is what the controller is going to look like. I assume, correct? Yes. So, with that said, we still don't even know what the console looks like. Now, I, I doubt it's going to look like a refrigerator, like the uh, the new Xbox console is. <laughs> and it's not 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 my joke, by the way. Everybody online has been pretty much saying it that it looks that the new Xbox One X Series Two Turbo, whatever. Here's the thing about like this. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, the PS4 console does look very sleek, but. I mean, like, there's only certain, you know, unfortunately, I think we're going to just get to the point where game consoles are just going to look like, you know, old VCRs at some point. Like, you know, like, uh, they just, they, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I just think that there's only certain amount of design, goofy, you know, kind of wacky designs that you can put in a console. Like, you know, you remember GameCube, you know, when they had that, you know, it was like a literal, like, purple cube. And then you had the Xbox 360, which was like the, the kind of like the opposite of like, you know, the big brick that you got with, uh, the original Xbox as well, and so like, uh, I mean, I think there's only so much imagination I think you can put into a console, and uh, to be honest with you, like, uh, my biggest fear one day is that someone's going to bring out like a like a really awkward looking circular console, like a like a kind of yeah, like yeah. a cylindrical <laughs> console, and, and to be honest with you, it's just, it's, uh, I would real feel really awkward putting uh, that on my shelf. And or putting it on the floor or something like that, and then having it with amongst all my other like uh, cubed shaped or rectangular shaped consoles, you know, like uh, yeah. Pretty soon we're gonna have like the Nintendo Trapezoid or um yeah that be or the Xbox Pentagon where it's like weird shapes and all yeah. that kind of stuff. 
Uh, I guess maybe they could have the octagon, which is kind of like, oh, hey, here's, here's the UFC demographic, you know, like, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I just think with console design, I think, yeah, come up with something really nice, but I think at the end of the day, I think, if yeah, I think they're just going to look like just, whatever you kind of look at it, they're just going to look like boxes. Like the idea of, like, putting cartridges into consoles anymore is just, is long gone. Like yeah, let's be honest. Game. I mean, we're, I mean, pretty soon we're all going to be streaming our games. So it's like we—I mean, at this point, we don't even—I don't—I mean, I think that like further into the future, we don't need well, to worry about like physical. Well, media. well, the, the future Xbox isn't even going to have a disc. Isn't even have disc uh, a CD unit or a Blu-ray unit in it. It's just going to be literally like you download your games onto this box and uh, you play it from there. And uh, you know, well, there you go. Uh, I mean, uh, there's, also, there's our first step. And video also got have their like Shield TV, and uh, that's that, that's basically been um, a moderate success, I guess, with a few uh, with a few people where they just stream their games and or just download them onto the box, you know, and things well, like yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. But I but I think that there is a double edged sword to it because here's the thing: like once something online, especially if it's digital media, once it goes away for good. And you can never get it back. You lost your chance. I mean, that's <laughs> why people were so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's let's not also let's not forget about the Scott Pilgrim versus the World video game, in which after they lost the um, the licensing issues, you know, they removed it from the Xbox Live Arcade, and now good luck finding it. You're never going to. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, that's going to be, I mean, that's the reason why, I mean, this is going to be interesting. Like, uh, let's say, for example, Valve goes out of business. I mean, like, what happens to all your Steam games? Like, you know, that's uh, that's another thing we haven't thought about as well. Like, uh, you yeah, know, like, exactly. You know, these, these things don't last forever. I mean, like Atari never, yeah, everyone thought Atari was going to, like, be there forever. It isn't now. It's gone. You know, like well, I mean, uh, technically, technically, they are still around. Well, the, the Atari of 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 yesteryear, before it was bought out by Infograms. I mean, then obviously, then oh, okay, there so, you yeah. go. Okay, fair, well, fair uh, enough. You know, fair like enough. Uh, the, these these companies, unfortunately, they they come and go. And so, like, uh, I mean, like the Commodore, Commodore's no longer around. You know, like uh, after nope. the after the uh, what was it, the CD thirty two? I think after that fiasco, that's, yeah, uh, CD thirty two. Yeah, and you know, like uh, also other companies like uh, what's its face? Uh, the uh, oh, what's it called? Um, the, is it Psycon? I think it was. I think the ones that developed like the uh, the alternative like uh, CPUs that uh, were then then Intel and AMD came on the scene and did better architecture, and then all of a sudden they they bit the dust. And imagine if they had yeah. like exclusive content that you'll never see again you know like uh, uh, and, and you know what i feel really bad for people who think that they need to uh if you, in order for them to relive their childhood days it's like we're gonna buy off of that new in mattel in television that uh tommy tellerico was mentioning about like hey you know all those gamers who are not hardcore and are casual and they want to play games like the old days we have this console out there and you know, we're going to have all these games, and one of the first ones is going to be um, an, an exclusive Earthworm Gym video gamer, even games on the Google Stadia. It's like, um, you know, if there's any games that, like, exclusive games that came out of that, then, you know, people are never going to have the chance to pick it up for themselves. Exactly. So, um, at the end, of, mind you, at the end, end of the day, um, you know, the, these companies are going to go away one day, I think. Uh, you know, you, you and I, Patricia, we're going to be sitting, probably sitting at home in our 40s or in our 50s and, you know, saying to ourselves, oh, hey, you know, remember when uh, Steam was, like, the big thing? Like, oh, hey, do you remember when, you know, Xbox and Nintendo and PlayStation were dominating the console market? And here's, uh, I don't know, uh, who knew that Dyson could make a good game 
console, like, uh, you know, like, uh, or who knew that, uh, you know, um, some out of the blue company, like, uh, I don't know, uh, like, uh, oh, hey, you know, um, um, what's his face? Um, what's that? What's that? Uh, Radio Communications of America, RCA. Yeah, who knew RCA would come back from the come back from the dust and, uh, you know, bring out this superior thing, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the, the game industry was completely different back in the 1980s. It was dominated by, you know, very different names. At that time, Atari yeah. and uh, you know Coleco and uh, all these other you know uh, things, and then they, then they, then the the market crashed, and out of that uh, came Sega and Nintendo from Japan, and uh, the yeah. Japanese consoles totally changed everything. And uh, it wouldn't be until you know two thousand or something or other until Xbox, you know, until an American company kind of fa- fell back into the scene, and even then it was still up against uh, Sony and Nintendo, yeah. and you know, and uh, so like uh, you know, it, it's still today. The Japanese market still still defines the uh, the video game industry, pretty much. Elon Elon Musk will create the game console of a century. When he's done, oh, what is he going to launch that into space too? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we need to have the aliens from Mars get into gaming. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, actually, well, speaking of which, actually, uh, I want to give a shout out to a uh, YouTube channel called Astrum. A S T R U M Astrum. He has some really fascinating uh, YouTube videos about the solar system, and uh, I basically just been since I've been on this lockdown, uh, I've been hooked on his on his content. So uh, you know, uh, he's uh, he's only a youngest chap who uh, you know, he, but he's really into his uh, into his um, into his solar systems and into his space and planets and things like that. So you know, go 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 on YouTube and go give him a go give him a watch because he does some really fascinating content, and uh, I mm-hmm. think it's really cool. So uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Here's some. Here's something really poorly aged. Do you remember when Sean Hannity was saying that this whole uh, coronavirus thing was uh, some kind of like um, hoax for uh, the Democrats to uh, basically upend Donald Trump in some stupid way? And uh, he brought out this image that, uh, and I put it on my Twitter feed, and it basically has him kind of like there bragging away and with a big zero. On, uh, on on the screen saying how many people have, in the US have died now from the coronavirus and saying that, you know, this whole thing was not going to be a thing. Um, that was only a couple of months ago uh, when that was that. And now, um, the last time I looked at the chart, we are now looking at, uh, sadly, at 14,000 deaths from coronavirus uh, across the United, King- United States. Now, um, I'm not doing this to brag or doing this thing. I actually have a serious point that I want to bring up here. There is a lot of media out there which was being utterly irresponsible with its coverage in the coronavirus and not only are they being irresponsible in the early stages of what's happening in there they're even trying their best to cover it up to saying that that what they said never happened and i just think i feel very strongly about this because um if you have these uh these these uh right-wing hosts um, covering up the fact that uh, they played down this and uh, tried to call it some kind of like either some kind of democratic left-wing conspiracy theory, you know, and now a lot of people as a result of this have probably ended up being seriously hurt or even worse, lost their lives because of this. Yeah, I think there needs to be a serious rethink about um, allowing these lunatics on on air ever again, you know, when they're putting public safety at risk. Like this. Now, this I mean, is di- this is different from saying that oh, Obama was born in some you know uh, country in Africa and he's not actually a real American citizen. This is different from um, various other you know lunatic things that have been said on right wing media and things like that. This is something that could potentially cost you your life. 
And I just think, I feel very strongly about this now. And you know, what, what hurts me the most is that I'm an advocate of free speech. I really am. I never said at any point that Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or Alex Jones or anything like that should not, should, they should be able to express themselves in, you know, the way that they feel that they should, they should be able to, within reason and things like that. But also, I also believe that freedom of speech is also not the same as freedom of reach, as Sasha Baron Cohen once said when he accepted a, an award for, you know, a couple, of, a couple of months ago. I think last year, I think it was. And, yeah, I you think know, it was last year. What really hurts about this is that I'm starting to see the point of view of some people who think that uh, you know this type of info, you know this this type of practice shouldn't really be going on anymore. And uh, so I think you know broadcasters now I think have a serious duty of care now to their viewers and to the people that they distribute their media to. To basically say, you know, this stuff is obviously going on to a mass market. It's potentially going to harm somebody. And I think really now, I think there needs to be um, a, a look at these people who broadcast all this nonsense on air. And uh, they really, it needs to, they really need to have a, a serious debate of whether this type of you know, type of activity should even continue. And it hurts me to even say that as someone who actually believes fully in free speech and being able to express yourself. It really does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, and, and this is the thing that a lot of people have been arguing about. It's like, you know, how far can freedom of speech or freedom of the press go in terms of, we're going to say this to the people. And, you know, if, if they watch it and if, you know, they, you know, take it to heart and if they suffer for it, you know, there's going to be some people saying like, oh yeah, well, you know, they should have known better. Well, guess what? Maybe there's some people who don't know better, Yeah, I mean, but like, you know, we need to, we need to be, we need to show them that there are good news outlets out there that are not the obvious scumbags because uh, sadly i mean if, if we remember like what was it like almost like two months ago about the the elderly couple who took that 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 thing that T donald trump was even saying like oh you know this will help you with the coronavirus and they ended up dead like a few days later because they died of poisoning from that it's just it's just, this this i really wish i didn't have to have this conversation on this show i really didn't i mean like uh, i wanted to go my whole talk radio career championing free speech championing the fact that you should be able to express yourself i really wanted to go from 2008 all the way to uh, when i can stop talking uh, to say oh yeah i will defend i i don't believe in what you say but i'll defend your right to say it but this is a different situation now you know people are dying in in their hundreds at the moment and we still got evangelicals out there in their churches saying that oh hey come to church and i'll cure you of the coronavirus or you know we got some right-wing idiots saying that oh hey this drug will help you with it or you know saying oh it's not all that serious and it's the whole thing's just a conspiracy being driven up by the left in order to you know some strange agenda regarding you know obama and the deep state or something like that somewhere down the line you have to draw the line you know like mm -hmm. uh, what, what what's sensible for broadcasting right now like, you know, it's, uh, and, uh, again, like, uh, if we did have that discussion, I guarantee you, I would be on the side of free speech and I would say, okay, uh, people should have the ability to say what they, what they believe and, uh, without obviously persecution or anything like that. But now, um, this is opening, this, th this has opened up the flaws of this argument, unfortunately, about what happens when you have a bunch of people who are taking advantage of a, uh, of a group of people and potentially putting them in harm's way. For no good reason whatsoever, except to uh, obviously, you know, for, just for themselves. You know, right. it's selfish. So, it is. Uh, yeah. But, uh, 
you know, this is a poorly aged thing. That uh, so uh, that uh, image there now lives in infamy. Uh, Sean Hannity there saying that oh hey, no one's died of the coronavirus, and yet in a in a in a couple of months, fourteen thousand people have sadly lost their lives. And, uh, mm-hmm. and some of those people aren't even, even going to probably go home because they can't afford the funeral fees. You've seen, uh, everyone's seen that aerial footage of of, uh, of Hard Island in New York of, uh, you know, that, that Potter's, what was it, that, uh, that, that, that um, island where they bury homeless people and uh, people who can't afford funerals and things like that, you know, and uh, we've all seen, you know, they, they used to put 25 people a, a week in, uh, in uh, sadly, you know, in the ground in that island. Now they're doing twenty-five a day. You know, it's just yeah. it's um, something's got to give. Uh, what we're dealing with here is far too serious for uh, us not to have this discussion no more. You know, so mm-hmm. anyway, um, I don't mean to change switch gears so quickly, but um, I have, I did actually have been wanting to uh, bring this up before. Obviously, we had a lot of technical trouble uh, mid-show. Um, Autism Awareness Month uh, is going to be ending uh, on the, I, I'm going to say, the at least for us, uh, on the 26th of April. So I've decided that uh, we uh, are going to have a, a, a show where we're going to invite other aut- people with autism onto the show. And uh, we're basically just going to have a massive discussion about uh, the living with autism and uh, having discussions about what life is like and uh, basically just our day-to-day about uh, you know uh, how you know our peers even perceive us as well, and I just want to have basically a general conversation about autism in general with uh, a group of people. So uh, I'm going to put this out there right now. Um, I already know there's one person out there who's been messaging me like uh, all hell, uh, asking to uh, have a, uh, a big discussion about uh, about Autism Awareness Month and uh, autism awareness. And so I decided 26th of April, uh, which is going to be the last Sunday of this April, uh, we're going to invite a lot of people in to uh, have a discussion about uh, about basically autism and uh, how it affects us in our lives. So, uh, yeah, that should be a fun yeah. show. So. Oh, that should be fun for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Um, old School Lane Casual Chats uh, recently brought out a, a goofy movie slash an extremely goofy movie review uh, featuring myself and Patricia and uh, a few others, uh, Tyreek, and uh, I believe, uh, who is uh, the other one uh, that uh, we... <laughs> Um, we let's see. We have um, Jim Bevan and the Hero of Tomorrow. Hero of Tomorrow, and so we all have a master's discussion about um, a goofy movie, an extremely goofy movie, and uh, you know, looking back now and seeing that now, uh, Ducktales recently revived the conversation about a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie, and also that we've just come across the 25th anniversary of the of the first movie too. I mean, like, uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where how Disney responds to this uh, fan reaction recently because it's uh, it, it's basically in lighting up my social media feeds uh, pretty much of uh, saying, oh, hey, the Goofy movie was 25 years ago. And uh, obviously our discussion uh, was picked up quite, made a bit of traction also on uh, social media as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Disney is uh, paying attention and may think, you know what, uh, we've been once, we've been twice. Okay, twice wasn't as good as the once, but maybe we can go a third time and maybe bring up a, maybe a third goofy movie. Maybe. Yeah, that, that should be really interesting. So um, I think that when, when we posted up that um, podcast... I think that we've gotten a ton of responses from people saying about like, you know, they love the movie, they love the music, they love the interactions between Goofy and Max. And it's actually funny because um, as we mentioned in the podcast before that when this movie came out in theaters in 1995, critics didn't like it because they th- they said that the story was bland, 
Goofy wasn't, uh, you know, as his usual crazy over-the-top self compared to his uh, 1940s shorts. I mean, he it was it was very subdued, and the soundtrack was forgettable. So now look at it now. We've gone through a major, you know, reversal in which, like, everybody knows about, you know, a Goofy movie. Um, they're posting it like crazy on social media. It's gotten a ton of traction with, like, um, you know, people who grew up with it. There's merchandise of it. Uh, there was the 20th reunion panel that was posted on um, D23 uh, just a couple of days ago on their YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, I think that because that um, because of that, Ducktales, the newest uh, incarnation of Ducktales, featured references of a Goofy movie. We mentioned about um, the episode where Della and uh, I think it's uh, Louie were singing Stand Out. And then there's also the most recent episode where the characters are trapped in a 90s sitcom and Goofy appears. He's acting like his character from Goof Troop. And we see pictures of Max, uh, a few of them from a Goofy movie. And we have Max with Roxanne. So, yeah, I mean, like, you can tell that the people working on the DuckTales series really love a Goofy movie. Yeah, and uh, I've got to be honest with you, I won't be too surprised if behind the scenes, maybe they're pushing, maybe they might push for something, uh, you know, a Goofy movie related. Like, you know, maybe like a TV special or something like that, or something for Disney+. Plus. Like, you know, like... That would uh, be fantastic, absolutely. Like, we already had, you know, Teenage Max, we already had Max going to college. So, the third one, I mean, it's pretty obvious, in my opinion. I think it should be the episode, I mean, wh whether it be a miniseries episode or maybe a movie, whatever it is on Disney+, Plus or at this time, of course, with the, um, you know, the virus. But I think it definitely should be the episode, or even the movie, where, you know, Max is preparing for his wedding with Roxanne, and Goofy goes into a whole bunch of crazy shenanigans. You, I think you that, that would be perfect. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think that's what they need to go with it. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the 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 story you can go with here is that, uh, you know, um, well, I mean, they already kind of had, had like a, uh, I mean, maybe a, a, a very weak conversation about, uh, you know, Max kind of like uh, having his own life away from Goofy now. And, uh, I mean, like, I mean, he can't really, can you really play that card again with this movie? Like They, they did it twice. They did it. They did it twice. They need to do a new angle. Let's mm. just say, like, maybe, um, you know, maybe like Goofy has like a minor role in the wedding. Like, um, maybe like he wants somebody else to be, you know, like maybe Goofy wants to be the best man, but instead he chooses PJ or Bobby. Or maybe, um, uh, you know, maybe it conflicts with like. Um, you know, maybe like a particular day that Goofy is involved in, but then Max is married and something like that. Or maybe like, I don't know, it, it's, it's very difficult, but I think that that's the direction they should go in. The, the only the only thing I could think of, really, I mean, like, uh, is uh, the only thing I can really think of is that, uh, oh, Max proposes to Roxanne, but then realizes they don't have enough money for the wedding, so they go off to Goofy to try and uh, probably get the money for it. And, uh, you know, maybe Goofy has the money for it, but then loses it comically, and then he has to go do all sorts of crazy, sh crazy shenanigans to go get the money again. But then, like you know, like uh, people just turn around and say, "Well, hang on a second. The Flintstones did did I I, I yabba dabba do? You know, like uh, that's just ripping off the Flintstones movie of when Pebbles and Bam Bam got married. You know, like uh, so. I mean, like it would. Uh, yeah, I, c I can't really think of anything original that they could probably go with to uh, in order to kind of like push this along. You know, like uh, if anything, it's just. I mean, I, I guess 
maybe maybe we can go like father of the bride situation in which like you know how you know the the wedding preparations were just as crazy because the wedding planner was so insane and maybe mm. um you know everything is so expensive and um you know media you know trying to decide on who to invite and if the, you know if they invite some people um then the other relatives will probably be insulted say like why didn't you invite me or whatever it's another, like another, I think- another thing you could do is that uh, i mean like maybe you could have like roxanne maybe kind of like uh, saying uh, maybe max and roxanne kind of like uh, being in a situation like are you preparing for a, red- a wedding or are you preparing for are you preparing for a life together and maybe they kind of like take they take uh, they don't really uh, understand the idea of like you know hey you know, you're going to be together for the rest of your lives, you're going to have kids, and this is the way life is going to go, and maybe that gives Roxanne cold feet, maybe, or maybe that, uh, maybe Max has uh, some reservations about that, and maybe they probably might just be cool just being eloping just for a while before they decide to do it, you know, like, because uh, th- that's a realistic situation, and that's something that people can relate to. You know, like sure. uh, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it, it happened. It happened in an episode of Rugrats. It happened in the Runaway Bride. So I could see that happening. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, so I mean, like, I guess if we're not gonna go with Goofy and Max's relationship, if we're not gonna go with, uh, you know, anything that I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's gonna be called a Goofy Movie Three, or it's gonna be called like a Goofy Wedding or something like that. Or uh, I don't know. Maybe they might. Maybe they might even jump over that and just say, "Oh, hey, Goofy's gonna become a grandfather for the first time," and then you know, they're gonna have quite all the shenanigans. Of like you know, oh, what do you do when Roxanne's you know like uh, you know got uh, cravings? What are you gonna do when Roxanne you know goes into labor? You know all that kind of crazy stuff. Maybe I don't know. Like uh, to be honest with you, like given the fact that it's 25 years since a Goofy movie, maybe that's where all the people who watch the Goofy movie are now. Like maybe they are young families, and maybe they can they, maybe they can do a movie which kind of like relates to them. Maybe you know like uh, yeah, like maybe Goofy is trying to be a good grandfather to their grand. You know, kid, maybe I don't know. Like, uh, they, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking they, they, they there must be some re- relatable situation that they could potentially do with a third movie, and hopefully, it won't suck. <laughs> you know? Sure. Anyway, I was actually quite surprised on how well um, the podcast did on the anchor viewings and on the YouTube channel because when I first announced that I was going to be doing a podcast on the Goofy movie and extremely Goofy movie, I've gotten some comments saying from people. Are you serious? Didn't you already talked about a goofy movie, an extremely goofy movie, on your Disney Toon Studios podcast? What are you running out of ideas? And I'm like, no, I'm not. The reason why I'm doing this is because obviously it's the anniversary of these two movies. They both came out um, in 1995 and you know 2000 respectively. I'm t- covering both of them because. I want to talk about them. And also I'm talking about them with more detail as opposed to in the Disney Toon Studios movie podcast where I briefly talked about them. And then I talked about a whole bunch of other movies with Chris. So no, I'm not running out of ideas and you know, I'm, I I mean, who knows, maybe in the future I will have to go back in more detail with some of the other movies that I talked about in these like, um, you know, podcasts where I talked about a group of movies, if the circumstances are, are fine. But yeah, I mean, like, I understand that there's a lot of people out there that are getting sick and tired of some of the stuff that I'm posting when it comes to like, oh, why are you posting another podcast? Where's the next Hey Arnold video or whatever? It's like, you have to understand that I have a very busy schedule. And also, um, you know, with everything that's been going on, you know, I haven't had enough time to like sit down and write any 
uh, major um, scripts to my stuff. I mean, I do have some stuff ready, but it, it's going to take me a while to edit because I've been busy with schoolwork. I've been busy with, you know, making sure that, you know, we survive and, you know, we have the stuff that we need and, you know, making sure that everything is uh, good to go. So, yeah, I mean, for those people who have been complaining about, oh, I've been running out of ideas for my podcast, no more podcasts, more videos, then I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, let me just say this to everybody else as well. Maybe you're lucky enough to be laid off work or maybe you're unlucky enough to be laid off work and now you have far more time to spend on social media than everybody else. That doesn't mean everybody else is in your situation, pal. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I can't, I mean, the way I am at the minute with uh, my job at the moment, I'm actually been more busy than I actually have been at, at any other point. So, I mean, I just say to everybody, look, um, there may be a, a virus, a deadly virus currently going around and everyone's kind of cooped up in their homes. Doesn't necessarily mean that we're not doing anything. It means we, we got a lot of stuff currently going on. And so, to everybody who's expecting, you know, far more content or far more stuff out of this situation, you know, unfortunately, we'll try and give you some stuff, but at the end of the day, we can only give you what we can give you. So, uh, yeah, that, and, that's and just I've noticed, and I've noticed that my exactly, yeah, and I've noticed that my subscriber count has been very stilted. It's been pretty much hasn't been growing much or even at all over the past few months. And I get it, you know, people are sticking around and waiting until you know I post something that they actually care about. But at the end of the day, you know, I have other things to do, and uh, you know, when I have the time, I will have the time to post what I need to. And, you know, maybe sometimes you won't even like it. Yeah. I mean, there's been podcasts uh, here's, and videos here's the that thing about this as well, that people aren't kind of taking back. Like, you know, if, if you're asking me, oh, hey, just talk about Hey Arnold again or talk about something else. Like, you know, like, you know, I'm not just going to put something out there just for the sake of it. You know, uh, if I don't feel passionate about it, you know, anything, even if I don't talk about Hey Arnold again, like, you know, if I don't feel passionate about something that I want to talk about, at the end of the day, it's just going to suck and everyone else is going to, no one's going to, I'm not going to appreciate it, you're not going to appreciate it, and uh, there's not going to be any fun had by anybody. And some of this as well, like, you know, this is not my full-time job doing this show. And, you know, like, my real my real-time job makes me money at the end of the day. Like, you know, I don't do this because, you know, I'm going to get, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of hits or I'm going to get, like, you know, like a million people listening to me all at once at the end of the day. Like, you know, I, I do what I do because I like what I do at the end of the day. Right. And we're passionate about what we do. And so, I mean, like, uh, all, all I can say is that, uh, you know, I'm sorry that you don't enjoy that particular thing, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's what I want to say and it's what I want to do. And, uh, you know, if I was, uh, cha you know, if, 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 if it was a different situation, I guarantee you, I probably would, um, you know, um, it, I probably would be putting out more uh, more stuff at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, this is not my full-time job, and it's not Patricia's full-time job neither. So, like, uh, so, that's, I just say to everybody, just chill out, okay? You know? Yeah, and, and luckily, there have only been, like, maybe one or two people who feel like this. Yeah, okay. Most of the about, people yeah, who, have who, been really... Who, who cares about one or two people at the end of the day? Like, uh, you know, like, everyone else enjoys what we do. So, like, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. So a lot of people have enjoyed it. And I'm always thankful for the people who, you know, give their full on support. But, you know, sometimes those comments can be a little irritating to read through, especially since, you know, some of them don't even understand, you know, the context of, you know, life that I've been going through lately. So, yeah, yeah. but that's beside the point. So, yeah, um, I'm really happy uh, that the uh, live stream that I did last night as of the recording of this podcast for a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie, I've actually gotten the the most amount of people that ever listened on a podcast for video i've gotten about like maybe 
20 people tuning in but you know this time around i've gotten like almost close to 30 so yeah. i'm i'm very happy i mean that's usually the amount of views i get for like people watching a video that i've done so yeah. again you know that's awesome and I, I i couldn't thank you guys enough no problem so anyway we're gonna wrap things up and uh, we've got a little bit over our hour but really like uh, it's, it's it's easter so like you know let's so let's, let's give everyone something to uh to uh, chew over and uh, the next couple of uh, next couple of days um so did you see the trailer for streets of rage 4 yes i did and so like uh, you know what i really loved it and uh, I feel like I'm going to really enjoy this, I think, when it finally comes out. And so, like, uh, I mean, like, interesting to see where they go with the story, to be honest with you, because, like, it seems to me like they're just kind of, like, doing, like, a massive collaboration of, like, it's, it's more like Mortal Kombat Trilogy, if anything. They're just taking all the characters out of all the previous games and they're just putting this into this one game. And I'd be yeah, exactly. To... That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they go with it and see, like, you know, oh, hey, what's the story here? So, like, because the last one was about obviously dealing, like, you know, a massive, a massive mobster who took over a city, and then uh, in the second one, that mobster came back, and then in the third one, they were dealing with like a terrorist situation or something like that. So, like, uh, you know, it was. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go with number f number four and uh, see where the story takes us. Maybe it might just be the same story again. I don't know. But. It could be. I mean, like, or it could be kind of like a complete, like, reboot, kind of like how Mortal Kombat 9 compiled um, all three of the Mortal Kombat storylines into one. So, yeah, I think that um, for the most part, when it comes to, like, the gameplay, they have all the characters from the first three Streets of Rage games. Also, um, it looks like the classic moveset is back. The soundtrack, you can switch it between the modern and the classic game uh, soundtrack. And... Uh, yeah, it, it looks really awesome. Uh, it's nice that beat-em-ups are starting to become really popular again because we talked about uh, River City Girls, if you remember, a few months ago, that it was the spin-off series to the Kunio-kun games or the um, River City Ransom games, as we're known uh, around in the English region. But yeah, uh, they um, came out and they've been you know really popular again and uh as mentioned the previously mentioned scott pilgrim game also kind of like shook things up double dragon neon so yeah this the beat-em-up genre is starting to become more popular again and it's nice to finally see another streets of rage game because i, I think i even mentioned this on the sega genesis memories podcast that i had you and tom on where I love the first two streets of rage games third one i wasn't too crazy about but i'm really excited about the fourth one cool and with that being said, I think that's pretty much the end of the show. So uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. And uh, so, uh, Patricia, do you want to uh, plug anything on Old School Lane? Sure. Um, yeah, if you want to check me out, my podcast, uh, Casual Chats. Um, I have a, as mentioned earlier in the show, I have a new episode where we talk about a goofy movie, an extremely goofy movie, but uh, I talk about a whole bunch of other things. I talk about movies, TV shows, video games, everything else in between. Um, I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash old school lane, facebook.com slash old school lane, Twitter at Patty underscore B underscore Miranda. I post my podcast on anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast. So uh, old um, archived episodes are going to be posted there. Uh, Monday's Casual Chats, Tuesday's We're In Between, Wednesday's Picks Mix, Thursday's Dream Machine, Friday, as of uh, today, uh, Old Schooling Interviews. Oh, speaking of uh, Dream Machine, <laughs> guess what came out in On Demand today? Uh, was it um, oh, Trolls World Tour by any chance? Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, the trolls. The trolls. The trolls. 
Yeah, so looks like we're going to be talking about uh, Trolls World Tour next week. Yay! Yay! Okay. So, um, yeah, so with that being said, uh, if you want to listen to, if you want to follow me on social media, it's uh, twitter.com forward slash Arometa Show. That's A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A-S-H-O-W. If you want to find me on Instagram on the same hashtag as, on the same uh, Twitter, same handle as well, uh, A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A-S-H-O-W. If you want to find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Arometa Show. And if you want to find me on Tumblr, if you want to ask me a question on Tumblr, it's Arometa, A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A-S-H-O-W com, and also you can, I'm starting to post the episodes up on there as well so uh, you can always listen on there so thank you very much for checking out the show we will see you all next week so until then take care and bye bye for now see you later <laughs>